Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the Pinning Combination, the first of 2022. I'm KJ Pilcher, joined by Hall of Famer Dick Briggs. And uh, how was your holiday? I had a I had a great one. Um, but how'd yours go, Coach? Very good. Just had family in, and and uh, really that was about it. So you know, the older I get, the more uh, the more I enjoy kind of a uh, reserved, laid back type of type of holiday. So, whenever that happens, I'm I'm pretty content. So we had a nice time with with family, and now we're into the new year already. It just seems like uh, 2021 went by fast here uh, a little bit. Well, I guess it depends on what part of the season <laughs> uh, you're talking about and with some of the things that popped up over the year. I'll tell you between 20 and 21, we're hoping 22 is a little more positive than the last two years. That's for sure. That's sure. Sure. Well, there's just a little bit of college news to uh, talk about uh, here since the last time that we met. Um, and we might as well just jump right into the big one. Uh, over the weekend on New Year's Day, actually, uh, the University of Iowa and Spencer Lee both uh, announced that he's going to be uh, undergoing surgery to, to fix both of his knees. Uh, he'll miss the rest of the season. You know, uh, what were your first thoughts when you heard about uh, uh, his decision to, to do that? Well, not knowing anything about the situation you know, other than you know, the, the surface stuff that, that we're fed a little bit of, <laughs> uh, my first initial thought was, and, I, and, I, and I've been thinking this for a long time, why didn't he do surgery right away? Well, I didn't realize he hadn't done it on his other knee had, that had evidently recovered and had no issues with. And he was hoping that this, was, this knee would recover like the, was it the right knee, I guess, was that the first one or whatever? Anyway. Uh -huh. uh, so I, I kind of understand why they didn't do that, but on the other hand, uh, now we're you know, I'm, I'm wondering why you know I guess it's just the way it played out. You know, what I I was talking to uh, Mark Dukes and and Scott Unash on the um on the gym class earlier this week, and the thought that popped into my mind is a lot of people are talking about. Uh, you know, oh, he's going to get surgery now. He's going to get surgery now. And it's like, that's the normal thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there have been this extraordinary expectation that he, and, and of course, you know, what he's been able to do has kind of created that. But who else would you expect to compete and have a, a chance at a national title without two ACLs? I think it just speaks to the the remarkable athlete and wrestler that he is. Right. And obviously the pain's too too great. And uh, you know, his, his comment afterwards or something about pains for wussies or whatever, something like that, which which everyone loved. And and mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a limit to it. And and you've got to you gotta do the sensible thing because you you've got to be able to walk the rest of your life, right? Right. So you've got to do what's smart, what's sensible. 
not just for his wrestling career, but for his life. And, the rest and, of and you know, that's, that's the thing too, that this had to, this had to have been extremely painful because when it came to wrestling on the mat, he wrestled down in Florida and, and hand, beat three guys handily. Two of them ranked in, in the top 10, 11, um, including Camacho from North Carolina State. Um, outscored the three of them 31 to 1. Dealing with this whole thing. Yeah, and he, and he did incredible. That. And he did that at the national tournament last year. And uh, I mean, then he did it at the uh, was it the Olympic trials in Texas, maybe a couple of yeah, years ago. Last December. Last December, right after he had recovered from his first knee injury. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the guy's pretty incredible when he gets on the mat and can go, but obviously it's just too much. Yeah. And, and listening to what he was doing in the off season to try to build those muscles, you know, he gave it, sounds like he gave it everything he, had to be able to try to bolster the muscles around that knee like he did previously and just, uh, you know, just wasn't able to go. And, and like you said, the future down the road for them, you know, one, if everything goes well, you know, you, you got to think he – He's a uh, he's close to a lock for a four time title list, and then it also sets him up for being healthy for a run at Paris in twenty twenty four. Yeah, exactly. Um, tell me what, what what the status is. He he has to now apply for a hardship retro yeah. medical retro medical hardship waiver, um, and it sounds like it's uh a pretty good, ch pretty good chance. Um, you know, he hasn't even used his red shirt year, um, yet. Um, but because of the circumstances, this is, this would kind of fall under that medical hardship waiver. Um, I think you've got to have competed in less than 30% of, the season's competitions and you have to prove that the injury uh, kept you out of uh, competition. And of course, you know, uh, he did have one opportunity to compete down in Florida. And, and then now after that, I think uh, both of those boxes are checked. Um, Right. Well, you never know what the NCAA, I mean. That's, uh, yeah, exactly. They've been, yeah. through this COVID, uh, other than the initial season, they've been pretty, pretty uh, giving, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you would think that, that this would fall into that category as well. So, I mean, to me, it seems like a no-brainer, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, now the question goes to who replaces him and where where does Iowa sit now in the national uh, title landscape? I mean, with uh, with Spencer out, that's you know twenty four and a half points yeah. off the table. The minimum. 
Yeah. Does so, right? Does that vault Penn State to to the front runner? Oh, I, you know, I, I kind of sat down and charted uh, four, the four teams that I thought were the front runners: uh -huh. Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, and and Arizona State. And uh, right. and I think I don't know that Oklahoma State really can can fit into there. Maybe, but at this point in time, I didn't I didn't really think Oklahoma State. But in, in my opinion, after charting it, it, it really is. And I'm not sure it wasn't before, before. Now. So, uh, but it's definitely Penn State's right now with Spencer out. So, um, you know, uh, Penn State has four number one ranked kids. Three of them are defending champs, if I remember right. Is that right? Three. And, uh -huh. uh, and then a couple others. And now you throw Hildebrand in, if that's the case. At 125, who Drew Hildebrandt's a, a a transfer from Central Michigan that was uh, was posted that he's transferred to Penn State will be their 25 pounder. He's a two time four time qualifier, two time All American, uh -huh. Michigan, and so um, so he's a six year senior. That fill, fills a gap that they needed badly. Yeah, maybe not so badly now that Lee's out, but especially with Lee out, right. Really, um, quite a you know, and you know, Michigan. I, I don't know if Michigan they've got firepower, but boy, I don't know if they can catch Penn State. Um, you know, you know, rankings are one thing, and, and a couple of those weight classes where they're ranked number one could go either way. Like, I mean, really, all of them for that matter. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, if you just look at at to start at one thirty three with RBY, he's ranked number one. Uh, um, um, number two is, is fixed. Number three, you know, uh, DeSanto, I think. And then, you know, so I mean, that's anything can happen. Then after that, it's, it's even, it's it equally as tough behind that. So it's just, you know, all of those weights that, that have it, nothing's for sure. That's, you know, and a couple of the weights, it's, it's one of the teams, uh, Penn State one, maybe Michigan two, Iowa three. You know, so it's just, it's crazy. We'll see. It's going to make it fun. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, uh, you know, the, the question immediately turns to uh, who replaces him? Jesse Abara has been in the lineup before uh, the Florida trip. Uh, he was five and one. Um, his one loss came to Kais and Tarakina in the, the Cyhawk series duel. Um, but I think a lot of people are looking towards Drake Ayala uh, pulling a red shirt and stepping in, given what he's done um, in open tournaments and in, in the Southern Scuffle, where he he finished third overall. Um, what do you what do you think there? I mean, I, I personally, you know, if if they want to entertain any chance of Competing for a national title, I, I think Ayala has to be the guy at 125. I think he's your best bet to get any type of All-American points. Um, not taking anything away from Jesse Ibarra, but, you know, when you're when you're one loss is to Kaisen Tarakina. Um, right. You know, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily bode well for, for being able to break into the top 12 or, you know, top eight. 
Exactly. I mean, Iowa's schedule is pretty – I'm soft, I guess, for, for a D1 team to be up at Luther. You know, uh, you know, so a lot of the wins that Yvara might have had may have not been with the stiffest competition to tack on to that loss. If, mm-hmm. if, if Ayala is the, the number two man, and then and knowing that Lee will be back next year, there's no reason for him not to take that red shirt off, in my opinion. Get, get this year in, get, you know, make the best of it, get to, you know, work yourself to be that All-American, quali- you know, qualifier first, All-American, and who knows, you know, goes, you know, climb as high as you can. Because next year, if you don't take, if you don't wrestle this year, you're going to be sitting out two years, right? Mm-hmm. If he's back, you're going to be sitting behind Lee. So, um, you know, assuming Lee's has, you know, a, a surgery that's, that, you know, recovers well and is ready to go next year. But, yep. And that, uh, um, you know, a little bit of history with pulling red shirts off, <laughs> 25 pounders in Iowa, at least. The last time they did it, it worked out pretty well. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> IL is no lead, but who knows? Maybe we'll see. Um, yeah, so, you know, so it seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, and you know, uh, interesting thing is, it's the same time frame. It's the same time frame of the season yeah. uh, that Lee. So if you believe in coincidences and and stuff like that, or. Uh, you know, signs, hey, maybe maybe this is it, that uh, uh, it would work out well. The, the one thing that's a little different is 125, I think, is going to be a lot tougher than what people think. I, I You know, you're going to get Suriano back. You've got Pat Glory. Uh, you mentioned Hildebrandt uh, coming back into the fold. Um, you know, I, I think Vito is back down to 25. Right for Cornell. Right, and then also don't don't count out Courtney, right. national runner-up. Uh, you know he's no slouch either. So I mean, it's right. deep as you're saying. So yeah, so you know it, it, it's going to be interesting. And, and uh, Tom Brands has his weekly press conference uh, on Wednesday this week. Uh, maybe we'll find out a little bit more. Um, the one thing I could see though, since he's wrestled. Ayala's wrestled McKee twice. Maybe, maybe having a borrow wrestle this uh, on Friday, and then you know, maybe having Ayala come back on Sunday if we're going to do that. Just you know, wrestling the guy three times in a matter of like four or five weeks. You know, does that make sense or? Uh, yeah, I, I watched the, the match, their last match. Um, uh-huh. He's right there. So they may be saying, let's get him, you know. So I, oh, okay. I don't know. So um, you're, I, I don't disagree with what you said. It's interesting. We'll see what, what they, how they play the, that. Yeah. And, and if they do pull the red shirt, how about this for the first weekend? You have McKee from Minnesota, third time in five weeks, and then Sunday – You'll have Schroeder from Purdue, right? Correct. Yeah, so you've got two two tough uh, matchups right out of the gate, and I'm sure Drake Ayala wouldn't uh, wouldn't mind. You know, I think he he like any good competitor, he he thrives for that. Right, and and I'm going to go a little <clears throat> step further. Like, I get the feeling we're starting to see what 
what Iowa is trying not to tell us. <laughs> and the, by that, I mean what they're trying not to tell us with their vacancies in the duels and in their tournaments. And, you know, it's particularly at, at 25, at mm -hmm. 74, 84, early on at 149. Uh, you know, so those, those absentees out of the lineup, you know, starting to, starting to show why. Uh, obviously they, they can't come out and say, Hey, this is the reason why for lots of reasons, mm -hmm. but now I get, I think we're getting starting to see that. So that, that being said, Iowa's lineup or schedule is, it's like, it's not easy, <laughs> but you know, it's like you said, it's Minnesota, Purdue, then Northwestern, Illinois, followed by Ohio state and Penn state all in January. Yeah. So, wow. Um, you know, so then I think in February doesn't, you know, then Oklahoma state, I don't know if, if Iowa goes down there or yeah. unless that's in February as well. So that's looming. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they have that, uh, uh, Oklahoma state, the Oklahoma state duel is going to be held in Texas, oh. um, at, uh, uh, the Ranger stadium, uh, <laughs> there, and it's going to be held in conjunction with the USA Iran freestyle duel as well. So yeah, that's, going down there that's going to be a different experience so I, i'd forgotten about that you're right but my point for bringing that up is is iowa's you know they're they've had this fragmented lineup and they're not the only uh, school in the in the nation that has that even you and i is trying to put their schedule to, or their uh, uh, uh roster together their varsity roster together you know and all schools are uh, for the most part um but uh you know so that being said we kind of talked about this last week that, that there was a little bit of a, of a concern at 49 and 57 for Iowa of really, you know, focusing in on those with those two athletes. And, and uh, I think that that concern probably stepped up It amped up probably six or seven levels <laughs> with least. <laughs> so uh, now you've got to look for your other ones. I also want to say this because we kind of look, focus on the, you know, the, the guys that aren't doing it there, but there's, in my opinion, there's been three pretty solid rocks in the, in the Iowa lineup with Seriano, Ironman, and, and Marinelli. Um, you, you know, obviously Cassiope, but he was out early, but not for an injury really or anything, but, but mm -hmm. those three to me have really just, they've just been workmanlike and doing their job. And, and uh, other than a, maybe a little fiasco up at the Luther open at, 33 it's been a it's been a good year for, for those three guys i think so yeah they they've they've looked uh really good and uh that's a really good sign i think for marinelli more than anything given how last year ended <clears throat> coming back off uh injury and you know that's uh it's good to see if you're an iowa fan that marinelli's uh at the kind of has been as dependable and reliable as he has given how last year ended. Right. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. And then uh, also in uh, Pittsburgh, we got to go back even three years with, with Marinelli. So that was, right. we don't even want to think about that, but so, you know, there's a guy that you really hope gets her done this year. I mean, just seems to be such a great guy and, and uh, solid person. So uh, you got to pull hard for, for him. Yeah. Um, one of the things, too, I know we talked about Drake Ayala at uh, the Southern Scuffle, but he was one of, uh, I think, uh, four wrestlers that uh, finished in the top five. And 
three of them are extremely, you know, young and kind of shows Iowa's future a little bit, especially in those lower weights with Ayala and then uh, Colin Shriver at uh, 133. I believe he got fourth. Um, and then Wyatt Henson, um, who got fifth at the Southern Scuffle. Uh, you know, Aaron Costello, uh, the heavyweight from Western Dubuque, is, I believe he's a senior. Um, he got, uh, I think he got fourth as well uh, at heavyweight, but uh, especially those young guys. I, you know, you, you've got, uh, you know, DeSanto, uh, Ironman at 33 and 41 that are going to leave big holes, but I think you're, you're starting to see uh, two guys that are going to be the future after uh, those two guys leave. I, I would agree with you on that for sure. I, I, uh, you mentioned Costello. I happen to watch one of his matches and I like watching him wrestle. He's, oh. he's just as, you know, for a heavyweight, he's a short guy. And, uh, but more, you know, he's fun to watch. I, I like watching him. So I was glad to see he, he did well there. Um, I guess I would say this about the, 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 uh, the scuffle and the mat man, you know, um, uh, that the quality wasn't probably what it has been in the past in terms of the overall tournament. So uh, it's a bit of a barometer, but I'm not sure how much, I guess, is what I'm getting at. So uh, those guys did well, did well. I don't know how many brought their varsity to that tournament. It didn't seem like a lot. That doesn't mean it wasn't good quality. It's, I mean, it's great, as we know, great quality wrestlers that aren't on varsity for whatever reason might be unattached mm -hmm. or whatever. But, uh, you know, so, um, so I kind of, I'm a little guarded with that. I mean, I, yeah, though, that's definitely the future. And so we got, got to step up, keep, keep improving to that next level. So. Yeah. They won some other uh, uh, tournaments as well. So, you know, they definitely have a good body of work, but like you said, got to keep uh, building on that. And hopefully that's good experience for, for moving forward. Um, you know, uh, obviously, Iowa sending uh, their group of wrestlers uh, to the Southern Scuffle um, was kind of a, uh, a last-minute thing. Um, a lot of uh, – oh, how should I put it? Uh, maybe some scrambling, I guess, to use a, a wrestling term um, over the – over the break um, with the Midlands being canceled. Uh, with okay. that, uh, yeah. a group uh, in Illinois decided to uh, create, <clears throat> Illinois Matman uh, created the Matman Open uh, in its place. Um, Iowa, uh, folks in Iowa City tried to, to create uh, a the Hawkeye Open. That, that wasn't able to get up off the ground. Um, so, uh, you know, the group of wrestlers went from Midlands to the Hawkeye open to, uh, the Southern scuffle, uh, you and I, uh, sent, uh, some wrestlers to the Matman open, um, there and had a couple, uh, place winners and Julian Barber, um, and, uh, I believe Jack Wagner, uh, they got, uh. Uh, I think fourth and seventh 
um, respectively. So, uh, you know, especially uh, Farber, uh, you know, he's a freshman from Georgia. You and I's had a nice uh, pipeline to, to Georgia, actually, uh, probably thanks to Lee Roper. But uh, uh, I think that was a pretty good showing for, for the freshman. Right. I was, um, I'm going to back up to the tournaments and then comment on, on him. Uh, for the, uh, um, I was, it was nice to see the wrestling community step up and create two tournaments in, in place of the Midlands that was canceled, you know, sh days, just days prior to it, it, uh, starting. And so, uh, as far as, you know, kind of, it kind of split the, the group, the teams, now they had to make a decision. Where do we want to go? Well, a lot of them already had their reservations, their their flight plans, probably their travel plans, their hotels, and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. In the Chicago area, that's where the Mat Man was held. So it was just an easy. We're going to this one decision for him. I'm thinking. That being said, the Hawkeye probably didn't get enough. I'm guessing didn't get enough interest to to want to host it when you've got that two other tournaments that you can you can send your kids to. That being the Mat Man and the and the scuffle, so I'm guessing that's what happened. So I appreciate the the, the efforts that were extended by the Hawkeye Invitational Group. Um, as far as far as the uh, Barbara, you and I, uh, I was curious. I had not, I didn't know anything about him, and I, you know, saw that he was from Georgia, and I go, wow, that's cool. You don't see a lot of Georgia wrestlers, um, so you know, I I'm, I'm perked my interest, and I'm I'm anxious to see more of him wrestle. So uh, yeah, that was good. He placed fourth, so. Yeah, uh, and then uh, also just kind of piggybacking what you said about the two tournaments, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I talked to Doug Schwab, um, you know, before uh, those events took place, and uh, he had uh, some guys uh, ready to go to the Hawkeye uh, Open. Um, and the, the ones that really kind of stood out were uh, – uh, Tristan Lara and Colin Real Buto um, at 149. And I think that was going to be something they were going to use to um, maybe to, to try to uh, separate the two a little bit um, as far as uh, being a starter. But I, I really liked what Doug Schwab said when, when he mentioned, hey, uh, you know, the wrestling community is one of the the only ones that could have a major tournament shut down and two pop up in its place. So we were going to support them any way we could. So they ended up uh, deciding to go two different places, even though the Hawkeye open uh, uh, wasn't held, they had people ready to go uh, to compete there. And I think that was pretty cool on Doug Schwab's part to uh, be willing um, to support both it could have been real easy just now nah, we're just going to go down Matt man was the same time frame um but uh but schwab was uh, uh one of the one of the coaches willing to support both and i think that was pretty cool right yeah and i'm, I'm just it's just a guess on my part that they probably didn't have enough numbers so but that makes sense i mean the Batman had quite a few uh, schools that attended there again even that didn't have a lot of varsity schools though so um, yeah, and and you know, uh, you you really got to hand it to. Uh, I mean that I don't think people understand how difficult that is, especially at this level. 
uh, to be able to get something off the ground like that. And they were trying to do it in a week. Um, but now they kind of have an understanding and it sounds like uh, uh, from the release uh, Luke Eustace and Josh Schomberger mentioned that uh, this might be something that, uh, you know, helps them get off the ground with a permanent event uh, starting next year. So we'll have to keep an eye out on that and, and see how that progresses. Great. And I'm guessing uh, Nate Eichhorst had a big hand in that too. Uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's, uh, you know, kind of runs the, 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 uh, the tournament, you know, the computer part of it and does a great job. He's an official and a uh, good guy. So uh, we mentioned that uh, Iowa has uh, two big meets with Minnesota and Purdue this weekend. Uh, you and I uh, does as well. Uh, they're heading up to South Dakota State, um, Brookings, South Dakota, to face uh, the Jackrabbits and uh, the University of Wyoming. Um, so uh, two good tests uh, on Sunday for them. The one thing I – mentioned about South Dakota State, um, uh, Tanner Sloan wrestled uh, pretty well. I believe he got fourth. Uh, his two losses came to Elam of Missouri and uh, Cam Caffey of Michigan State at uh, the Southern Scuffle. So uh, he wrestled well there. And then Kate DeVos, the former Southeast Polk uh, wrestler, uh, Sloan's from Albernet. Um, I'm sure most people know that. But uh, uh, DeVos became uh, South Dakota State's first uh, scuffle champion, uh, winning at 174 pounds and beating Peyton Mako of Missouri in the final. So uh, two good showings this last weekend for them. And, and now you and I will go up there for, for a pretty good test. Right. Out of... I happen to watch both of those matches, and, uh, and uh, DeVos did a real nice job. That, uh, is it Moss? Is that his name that he wrestled? He's a, those Missouri kids are good wrestlers, man, and they're young. That that uh, Elam, he's a big kid. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, thought, I always thought Tanner Sloan was big, and then he made <laughs> Peter look small, and uh, just you know, long and tall and strong. And and uh, so I did happen to see that match uh, that Elam. It must have been the semifinal match, right? It, it yes. Was. Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm proud of our guys. You know the. Of Tanner for doing really well there, and and Voss, that's neat. He's a champ. Yeah, and uh, you know we had quite a few uh, uh, Iowa kids that uh, were wrestling for South Dakota State. I know Jack Thompson was there. Uh, was it Zach Price? And uh, I, I, um, oh, uh, the Don Bosco prep, and it's gonna uh, escape me here. Uh, Kimball? Oh, yeah, Kimball, yeah. Yep. I didn't see Kimball's match or any of his matches. I did see uh, Thompson's, one of his matches. Um, mm -hmm. Did a nice job. So um, I was kind of in and out. I was watching quite a few, but didn't didn't catch, uh, or uh, Zach Price, I didn't catch his matches either. Well, hey, I just, the one last uh, little thing with college, uh, uh, D, the D1 level we'll talk about the national duels here coming up but uh you watched uh what was left of uh michigan and arizona state last night um you thought it was a pretty cool uh deal considering what uh 
of what Flow Wrestling and, and the two teams had. Right. So it was held in Texas. Mm-hmm. Not exactly sure where. Um, it, was, it was a neat arena. And uh, the um, there's four matches. Because of COVID, I'm not sure if it was both schools or what the deal was. But I'm guessing it was Arizona State, and I'll tell you why in just a second. At least had some COVID in their side. Oh, that was an issue. Um, but the four matches, man, uh, first of all, Flo did a nice job. They had the smoke and the lights and the and the Michael Buffer type announcer and really you know, ran them out and you know in the from you know from Arizona State and you know and and uh, anyway, uh, real quality wrestlers. Like I mean. If, if you wanted to pick any of them that you wanted to see, that would have probably been the, the, the matches you'd want to see. Um, so anyway, Courtney got to, got to Russell. It was 125, 133, 141, and 184. And the nice thing about 84 is Miles Amin is down at 184 from 97. So that made it the, the, the one you wanted to see. Um, mm-hmm. His opponent was a, a young wrestler from Alaska, a state champ that was there. But so that one was probably the least competitive. All, it was the least competitive all four. But Miles Amin's an Olympic bronze medalist, you know. So, um, and, and then also, uh, um, uh, Michich was back. Uh, Stefan Michich was back. Uh, he's, he was an Olympian as well. He hasn't wrestled folk style since, since 2019. So that was his first really? one. Wow. And, uh, that was a good match. Uh, Klebo, this Klebo from uh, Arizona State is a freshman, and he's a three-time Penn State or Pennsylvania State champion, and uh, he went eight-six with him. It was a great match, so real, you know, very competitive. And then uh, on the Arizona State, so that's the two matches that that Michigan won, and then they split the matches two and two, and then uh, okay. uh, Arizona State won the other two. That uh, Brandon Courtney, the national runner-up. Russell, uh, Jack Medley, but it was a close match also. So that one was, a, uh, and then uh, Michael McGee, who's ranked fourth, uh, Russell Ragusen, who's ranked, I think, about seventh or eighth, maybe something like that. Uh, he is ranked, um, I think I have it here. Uh, eighth, yeah. Eight. Anyway, I guess it probably depends on which rankings you look at, too. But you know, it was quality wrestling, it was really a neat, neat affair. So kind of neat to do. And that's what's kind of, Made, you know, made me want to plot out the different, you know, where Penn State was, where Iowa was, where Michigan, where Arizona State was, because I got to see some of their, their quality wrestlers and it made me curious. So I, I have to favor, and I'm kind of backtracking here, but I got to favor Penn State right now. And then really Iowa, Michigan, right in there for second, third, and then uh, Arizona State not far behind. So. Uh- Speaking of Arizona State, it will be interesting to see how things uh, uh, develop there because Iowa State, uh, they'll wrestle Northwest uh, Kansas Technical College on Thursday, but then on Sunday they head to Tempe, Arizona to wrestle Arizona State. So keep an eye on that to, to see if that uh, uh, if that's changed or if the format's altered there as well but we'll we'll have to see now uh this uh this thursday uh marks the start of the the national duel the nwca multi-divisional national duels and we've already seen uh uh some changes to to that field 
Um, Warburg and Augsburg both uh, uh, not being able to attend, which has been, uh, you know, they've been the two pillars of, of that event for for decades. I would say. I think they've um, won it every year since it since they've held it. It's either been one of either one of those two schools, so that'll end this year. Uh -huh. one of them being in attendance. Um, so the uh, I, I I believe also for local information, Luther also has pulled out. I, I they were originally scheduled to be there. At least they were they were uh, seated. And then I just looked prior to the to the podcast here, and they're not listed anymore. So I haven't seen any release on why or whatever. But they're no longer oh. six teams uh, are out in D three for whatever reason. Wow! And so, you said that was that was the hardest one hit so far, right? The hardest one hit. So that was the number five number. This this is the seeded uh, teams: the fifth seed, seventh, thirteenth, sixteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. And then uh, um, and then also. Uh, Division two has three of them out, so there's they're out, so they're down to 19 teams, I guess, or at least last time I looked, that could probably change too. NAIA had two teams out, so, uh, so they're down to 14. Uh, the junior college only had eight teams to begin with; so they, they're out two teams, so they're down to six. So it's not, you know, it's it's, it's hitting everywhere. The, uh -huh. the women's side, uh, not as bad. There's one team out in the NCAA of the 16, so they're down to 15 on the NCAA bracket. And, and there's 15 teams, so one team out of the NAIA bracket. So, uh, yeah, and, and I can't tell you how much it hits home. It's uh -huh. just so disappointing. And, and uh, you know, I, it's not a surprise. I read in the, in the Gazette a few days ago that Wartburg women's basketball and men's basketball had to sh shut down their, their – uh, program for a little while here for, for COVID and I thought, oh geez, Russell, stay away. So evidently they weren't able to avoid the bug and and uh I do know one guy that's that tested negative though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately he doesn't get to go um there too but yeah hopefully it's a short a short interruption and they're they're back on the mat as uh, soon as possible with a uh, uh, little uh, disruption as possible going forward. Right. Now, that being said, let's talk about the positive of the National Wrestling Tournament. Obviously, Grandview is, the no, is in it and they're going to be the number one seed. Life mm -hmm. will be number two right behind them. Then in Upper Iowa, with, with the teams pulling, I think, bumped up to maybe fifth or sixth seed now. So they're sitting pretty nice there. Uh, and then uh, uh, and then Division Three. there's where it gets fun. And uh, locally, the number one seed, Poe, and rightly so. We kind of said that last, last week. And number two, mm -hmm. Loris. And uh, if those two make the finals, the championship uh, meet, then I see, I was kind of looking at it, and I'm going 5-5 five, five in matches. So I don't really? know on the bonus points. And, and uh, it could come down to heavyweight where you've got two solid wrestlers wrestling in heavyweight. So uh, I'm going to be watching that for sure. That's going to be fun. Uh, Cole will have to go through North Central who beat Wart Wartburg at the Desert Duels. And, uh, um, and then Loris. Loris has a little bit tougher route. They'll have to go through uh, Johnson and Wales in the quarterfinals and then probably UWL lacrosse uh, in the uh, – 
in the semifinals. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and and it's like I said, it's gonna be fun to watch that. So we'll be pulling for the Co and Lawrence camps. Yeah. So um, it'll it'll be uh, I think uh, what Co had wins over North Central and Wisconsin Lacrosse uh, um, in December. But it'll be interesting to see how things might change in that north uh, if they if they face North Central uh, again. Well, I think North Central was missing two pretty solid kids. They're they're for one, they're ninety seven pound NWCA champion last year mm -hmm. was out, and then I think uh, a lighter weight, very solid lighter weight, but they had two significant uh, wrestlers out of that, so that could totally change that around, make that that. Semi-final meet a lot more difficult. I fa failed to mention also that the University of Dubuque is in the tournament as well. So um, let's see where they land and who they'll be wrestling first first round. So they're down to 16. So instead of a 24-team bracket, it's now a 16-team bracket. So everyone will have a first round match. Um, you you've attended this uh, uh, a few times down in Louisville. What what's the atmosphere like? How what's the uh, I guess what's the uh, you know excitement level that uh, surrounds this? Because I remember when it was all together at, at UNI, I really enjoyed that and the competition. You know, uh, you know from from top to bottom. Um, right. It's what's it been like in Louisville? Well, it was well, the difference between. Actually, I've been to it when it was in Indiana and the last two or three years that it was in, in uh, Louisville. Of course, they, they didn't have it last year. But um, um, the, uh, the difference between you and I was that, that, that D1 was also competing in it then. Uh, so you had that, that, that aspect of it. Now, D, Division One is the only division that doesn't compete in it. And it's, it's really, it's cool. It's all over the place. So you've got... It, the, you've got a big arena with um, eight mats in it, I think. And then you've got a, a big, a, I'm going to call it a convention center. It's not even that. It's, uh, it, it's kind of like a big field house that has, I think they had 32 or 34 mats in total in the whole tournament. So you could walk between the two. It's much, much, uh, it's much like only bigger, the, uh, the uh, Green State field house down and I was in Coralville and uh, extreme arena. It's kind of like that sort of a setup. And uh, th there's also kids, young kids wrestling. There's a youth tournament going on as well, which is why they, had oh, wow. and so um, it was really a very cool deal. And, and I, you know, even when division three wasn't wrestling, I was so entertained with the division two and the NAI and especially with the Iowa teams, I could follow them and, and watch upper Iowa and get a chance to see them and grand Grandview And, and uh, you know, so, um, some of the, like the quarterfinal meet two years ago was, was against Baldwin Wallace and Warburg wasn't doing very well. Well, Kyle in the last second gets a takedown on a kid that was doing nothing that is trying to not wrestle for the tech fall. And then the heavyweight was down a bunch or was only winning by a couple with about 30 seconds left. Jordan Brandon, he gets the, 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 um, enough points to get a major, which means Warburg wins the meet 19 to 18, but only won four matches. Wow. That put them into the, into the semifinals, which they won and then in the finals and they beat Augsburg. So that's how close they were to not being a national, national champions. 
So extremely fun and exciting and, and all sorts of math. So, so uh, that's when I, gosh, I, I really hope returns to uh, uh, Iowa and comes a little closer, but um, definitely a, a great competition here for this, uh, a, a lot of, uh, I guess it would be the return to competition for a lot of teams here going forward. So. No question. It's a blast and just fun. If you like wrestling, <laughs> it's worth the trip. <laughs> yeah. And that's Thursday and Friday uh, this year instead of, uh, Friday, Saturday. So, uh, make sure you check that out. And, uh, well, uh, any other uh, last uh, college thoughts or before we kind of yeah. transition to high school? I wanted to mention the Citrus Open. Uh, oh. down the Citrus Open, and, and uh, I think there was probably 17, 18 teams down there or whatever, something to that effect, and finished third. So good for Cornell. They had a, they had a champion and 65-pounder Casey Allen. Uh, Killian Perrigan, the 57-pounder, was second. And then they had a couple of thirds. Uh, Christian Dixon was third at 149, and then at 174, Jacob Scherzer, Jayhawk, won, lost his first match and then came back on the backside and won six matches to place third. Wow. And they were Barnburn, a couple of them, and three of the matches were one or two point matches. So he did a good job, Jacob. And that's one of the toughest things to do uh, in tournament competition. Um, always marvel at somebody that falls to the consolation rounds after that first and then runs the gamut to third place. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I texted him and said, proud of you. Nice job. It's not easy coming uh, winning six on the backside. And he said, no, it's not. Now it's beach time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so going to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some of the, uh, uh, the pictures and videos of uh, them enjoying the, uh, the beach too. So that's always uh, a big part of those trips and uh, memories that uh, they'll take away for a while having fun down there after, you know, their hard work and, and competing. So that's pretty cool. It's kind of like the reward. Yep. Just want to wish everybody a happy new year. Thank you for, for hanging with us throughout uh, 2021. And, um, Hope you're with us uh, here as 2022 gets rolling and we really appreciate all our followers and, and people who watch. And uh, Briggsy, why don't you take us out for our first uh, 2022 podcast. Well, guy Wyatt right there. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Thanks for watching, everybody. Yeah.